today's guest is a relationship coach, but it's not that he's coaching both of you. What he's doing is he's helping you to become who you need to be for that relationship. G.S. Youngblood talks about how we can stabilize our masculine core. In a culture that scoffs at honor, you can rise up to lead and to shine. It's time to be the best man that you can be. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Hatcher. Gentlemen, welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. I am so glad that you've been tuning in with us each week. You know, I, I take the time to do this not because I want to hear my own voice, but because it's helping me to become a better man, and I'm hoping it's helping you to become a better man. And if you want to go even deeper, we've got something launching very soon, very soon to help you do that. It's called the Arrows and Iron Brotherhood. This is where you and I, are going to become better men together, where we're going to go deeper with some education. We've got some great courses and great books that we've put together for you. There are other resources as well. And we've also got some tools, and we've also got some tools that can help you to take your goals and your dreams and make them a reality. And then we're going to help hold you accountable to that as well. So there's different levels depending on what you can afford and how much time you want to put into this. So this is not something that a lot of guys out there make these groups and they are charging an arm and a leg. Some of them are charging, you know, hundreds of dollars a month to be a part of something like this, guys. I don't believe in that. I mean, good for them, but I would rather see you get the help you need to become a better man than to get rich off of you becoming a better man. So I'm charging what seems to be a good price, a good price that most men could could afford. And again, with a little bit of levels to it. So if you're what most men could afford is going to look different from one man to the next. So I want to see you be a part of this because I want to see us grow. I want to see us become more. So if you want to be a part of this, go to manlyhood.com slash brotherhood. Guys, today's guest, G.S. Youngblood, is an amazing author. He's an amazing coach. He's an amazing speaker. And he's got information that's going to help you out as you're dealing with the, the struggles of relationships that we have. Because we need to find that calm and centered place sometimes to be able to navigate what may seem like a rocky relationship. Even if it's a good relationship, it can get rocky from time to time. And GS has some great information for us today. GS, it is great to have you on the show today, my friend. I'm looking forward to this conversation, and uh, it seems like you've been doing some really good work. So why don't you tell me about yourself and the work you do? Yeah, Josh, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate the chance to get in front of your listeners here and, and explain my life's mission. And uh, gosh, where do I start? Uh, I think the easiest way is just... I wrote a book called The Masculine in Relationship, uh, released a little over two years ago. 
And that book was the culmination of, you know, almost 15 years of my own growth path, uh, particularly in the area of men's work. And this, this context of masculine feminine polarity that David Data made so famous back when he published his book, The Way of the Superior Man. And 12 years ago, I got divorced, from, you know, after a 10-year marriage. And it was pretty devastating for me. Um, I really felt like I had lost my identity at that point. And the truth was, at the end of that marriage, I was the classic emasculated guy, you know, really just trying to orbit around my then wife's needs and wants just to try to keep the peace. Um, and it actually had the opposite effect. It actually made things worse. And so as that relationship crashed in a, crashed in a ball of flames, you know, I really had the opportunity to find myself, maybe reinvent myself. And that's when I uh, found this work from David Data and some other uh, teachers as well around masculine feminine dynamic. And it was amazing because it explained to me finally what went wrong in my relationship. And what went wrong is that I had not taken on the role of masculine leadership, which is something that we'll talk a lot about in this interview. And, um, and I didn't know it at the time. I had to learn it the hard way and then come into contact with David Data's work after that to really understand the dynamic and the impact it played in my marriage and my relationship at that time. So I've spent the last 12 plus years uh, on my own growth path um, trying to figure that out. And then as I got, as I went farther along, I started to gather all my own observations about dynamics that were out there. And suddenly that turned into a pile of notes that then turned into the book. Um, and so I, I, the things that are in the book, which we'll talk about more, uh, are what I coach men with. And that's my vocation right now is as a men's coach, helping men in relationship use these, mas these dynamics of the masculine and the feminine to really improve their relationship. And, and, uh, and that's what gave birth to the three-part blueprint, masculine blueprint, that's, that's in the book. So I'll pause there, but that's a little bit of an introduction of where I came from and how I got to what I'm doing today. Awesome. I, uh, I imagine that going through that has been a rough experience and, uh, it's kind of cool though, cause our, those experiences while they suck, then often end up being the thing that kind of defines the path of your life afterward in a good way, you know? Yeah, I do know it's, it's, I always say failure was my fuel. And uh, it felt like very much of a failure. It's funny, though, and I'm, I know you've experienced this. I think we all have experienced this of like these things that happen to you that at the time you think are bad. And then they actually turn out to be pretty damn good. In fact, you you sort of wipe your forehead and say, whew, I, I got lucky on that one. I, you know, I never would have known it at the time. But I got lucky that life gave me those lemons so that I could really find this path that I'm on now. And uh, it's funny how ironic you think something's bad and it actually turns out to be something good for you. Yeah. So tell me about this, the masculine blueprint. What, uh, what is that? Yeah. I, you know, my quest was to find, a, you know, what is masculine? You know, what, what is meant by that, particularly in a modern world, you know, because back in 1950, it was a different thing than it is now. You know, it's just like in 1950, the guy was in charge and he's kind of primarily making the decisions. And uh, that's not a reality that really exists for us anymore. And so for me, it was to what is what is this this template, this framework of masculine power that fits in today's world, but 
still allows a man to really inhabit that masculine energy. Um, and what is something that guys will actually understand? Because they can't just mimic behaviors. You know, you can't do it from the outside. It actually has to come from the inside. So the masculine blueprint is, is my offering of what a model of masculinity is in the modern world that still allows a man to remain and live in his power, but it doesn't infringe on anybody else's sovereignty um, as he exercises that power. And so the, th the masculine blueprint is a, is a three-part framework. So element one is respond versus react. Element two is provide structure. And element three is create safety. And I think probably the best thing we could do, Josh, is go through each of those one by one. But let me let me pause for a second as I as I lay out the three part blueprint right there. So, yeah. So let's let's look at the first part of that. Then the it was the respond. Respond versus react. Yeah. So element one of the blueprint respond versus react. So this is the quality of a man who is grounded there's a there's a, an essence of stillness about him and the way that he lives his life is out of choice and intention as opposed to just reacting to all the stimuli that come at you from from real life both work relationship and and other domains and you can feel this guy. I mean, you know, guys like this, you just, they come into a room and you can just feel that they're settled. And even if you just see a guy like this across the room, just even the way the subtleties of how he, he moves, you can, you can actually feel it. And I guarantee if you and I can feel it, then the women out there and their feminine nervous systems can absolutely feel a guy who's either a grounded or B is the opposite where he's jumpy. He's uh, overly reactive uh, and really kind of at the mercy of the world. And you can feel that. And that usually takes the form of uh, somebody who's very defensive. I think that's, that's a big one for guys is when their woman's upset that we get really defensive because we feel like she's coming at us and we have to defend ourselves, but that's a form of reactivity. Um, and he kind of shut down and withdrawal, which is pretty, again, pretty common for, for most men in relationship. That's also reactive, you know? And so what's happening here is in the interpersonal interactions that sometimes flare up, particularly in a, in an intimate relationship, um, anxiety arises within us. It could be acute anxiety, or it could be that little subtle that you don't quite notice, but is, is kind of shaping your behavior. And, what happens is our body mind kind of our subconscious wants to make that anxiety stop at all costs. We can't tolerate the discomfort of that anxiety. And so the things that we do after the anxiety rises are our strategies, <clears throat> excuse me. Those are our strategies to make the anxiety stop. And those tend up being our non-masculine behaviors that come out as those strategies. And so I think, you know, the, the example of defensiveness is one I gave. Um, I can guarantee you defensiveness is a connection killer and it's really going to shut your woman down. And, you know, I like to contrast somebody who's defensive, like they've got to make it stop because they, they don't feel grounded in themselves that they can handle her, her viewpoint or her feedback or her criticism. So we have to make it stop. And that's the reactive man versus the grounded man that can rest in his own power and let her have whatever opinion she wants. She has her own emotional experience. that's not ours to control. 
But it doesn't mean we have to take it on. It doesn't mean we have to say, yes, I agree. That's the reality of things. But you can rest and make space for it because you've got a grounded nervous system. And that absolutely feels amazing to the feminine nervous system. I think, you know, 10 out of 10 women you talk to will tell you they feel much safer, much more open and much closer to a man who can actually receive their emotional fire you know, he doesn't have to agree with it, but to be able to make space for it is a very powerful thing to making your woman feel safe. Um, so that's respond versus react. And the way that you cultivate that is, in, in my worldview, is through these embodiment exercises that I talk about in the book. Um, it's also the topic of the second book I just published in, in April. And it's these embodiments, a daily practice of embodiment exercises that really helps ground your nervous system. And that's when you start to inhabit uh, this quality of, of groundedness, when you've really settled your nervous system, either through you know, f- uh, sort of a physicality woven into your lifestyle or in the form of these daily embodiment practice. I know that um, in my own relationship, we, uh, you know, the, the years through COVID and all of that nonsense, you know, my wife took on a new job. So our whole world was flipped upside down. And whenever that happens, you know, if there's any, uh, I, I, tend to like the analogy of like a sponge you know if the sponge has got dirty water on it when mm. pressure is applied the dirt comes out you know so yeah. that was kind of what what our relationship was going through for a little bit there and I realized through that that I struggled to be okay with my wife having emotions mm-hmm. yeah. you know and and uh, for me I think a lot of it was because I realized that there was some some of that was a traumatic response you know it was my response to learning that learned behavior of, okay, the woman, the matriarch is having emotions. You better step back, you know, and, and get out of the way. And then <laughs> in the end, my wife was very lonely, you know, and what she needed was somebody to be that rock, yeah. you know, that stable, steady. So, um, you know, for me, it started with working through that nonsense and, and understanding. But, um, you know, I can think of other times in my life too, where maybe I was defensive about everything. And in that part of my life, I, uh, it's because I actually had, uh, things I didn't want to get found out. Right. (laughs) So I, so that defensiveness was, was a projection to kind of escape getting found out. But, um, I'm really interested to know this, this embodiment. When you use that word for me, this is foreign. I'm not familiar with, with this concept. So explain this to me, if you could like, like what is an embodiment exercise? Yeah. You know, most of us live in our thinking minds. You know, we, we pretty much spend all day consuming information. We look at our phones all day long. We look at messages. We look at social media. We look at emails. We watch videos. You know, we're just like, we're like information vacuums. And that's all we do all day long. The problem is that strengthens our, phys- our thinking mind. Anything you do all day long is absolutely going to strengthen. And so when you stay in the thinking mind, you're kind of at a mercy of the stories that pop up and the stories that pop up are really our coping mechanism for not being able to handle the the behavior of somebody else, whatever that behavior is. So like if you're, if your wife's upset with you and she's, you know, kind of coming at you and throwing some fire at you, 
the thought that's going to come into your head is kind of a defensive one of like, she's being a bitch right now. She's being ridiculous. Right. And then when you believe that projection on her, then you start operating as if that's true. And so that's when you get dismissive or you shut down or you get defensive and try to explain things to her. And so you have to be able to escape the thinking mind because what happens is the thinking mind, it's all about, it's all thoughts. You, you construct this reality of thoughts and they're always about past and future. Like the thoughts are never really about this moment. They're always about the past or about the future. And that is where you start being a little less present in the moment when you, when you're really consumed by uh, memories of the past and how they, how they match what's happening right now or projections into the future of what might happen. And here's the thing to get back into the present moment, to get back into this moment and be with what's actually happening rather than the muddled picture of your projections on what's happening. You've got to bring some of your attention into your physicality, the sensation in your body. And I'll explain what that means, but sensation in your body only exists in this moment. So when you have your attention on some sensation in your body, it's kind of like your little tether to the present moments. So you don't float away into your thoughts. It tethers you into the now, which makes you more present, which makes the thoughts and projections that are swirling in your head a lot less believable because you kind of have this anchor to the now. And so I'll give you an example, Josh, you know, of, of sensation. So just, you know, just keep your eye contact with me that you've got now. But I want you to drop your attention down to, to really under your butt where you sit in the chair. So even though you've got some visual and some audible attention on me, I want you to drop maybe 50% of your attention down and just feel the weight, your weight pressing down into the chair below. So I get 50% of your, of your attention, but the other 50% is down there. Okay. That sensation of weight is one of the primary sensations that we put our attention on in embodiment. Okay. There's sensations related to breath, sensations related to gravity, which is what we're doing. And then sensations related to intensity that we create in the body, which I'll explain in a minute. But if you now, if you and I, I mean, we're just sitting here having a very tame discussion, but if we were in, you know, a heated argument, like your mind's going to be going pinging with all kinds of stories and reaction reactivity. But if you're able to actually be with me and interact with me with part of your attention, kind of just resting on the physical, in this case, it's the physicality of your, your weight in the chair. That's going to make you not believe all the stories and the projections and the pinging in your mind. Okay. It's just going to be as if I turn the volume down on that. And so you're actually maybe able to rest. So if, let's say I'm getting aggressive with you instead of being very reactive to that in whatever form, whether you're backing away or, or coming at me, you're actually not going to be nearly as rapid because I'm over here just having my intense, whatever I'm doing. And you're just a little bit, you're just a little bit more anchored into your body, anchored into the now, anchored into the fact that there really isn't any threat. I mean, unless I'm, you know, really physically menacing you, but short of that, there's not really a threat. And you're able to see through that and believe that more when you're connected to some sensation of the body. So having said that, the embodiment exercises are designed to really 
cultivate you putting some attention on the body while you still exist with the outside world. And that's all my, all my embodiment exercises are designed to do that, to bring you in touch with sensation, make you, make you more aware of your, the physicality of your body. Um, even when you're in a tense situation, it becomes so familiar to you that it's, you always have a little bit of awareness on it and it just brings you into the here and now. And so that's, that's a, that's my short ish explanation of what embodiment is. Sure. So there's just that reminder that I'm not in the past. Can't worry about what's in the future. Here I am right now. And yeah. Yeah. And it's, and even, even as I'll, I'll be a stickler here for a second, even as you say reminder, it sort of suggests that it's a mental choice. Mm-hmm. We actually want to get this into your deeper consciousness. So it's not at the mental level. It's just you naturally rest. So it's not in the moment. It's not a choice of like, okay, I got to, you know, have my attention down. We're going to cultivate it so much that it just happens. Just like, um, like a golf swing, like, Sure. Once you get really good at golf, you're not thinking about your swing as much like a beginner would. You're just, it's been burned into your, into your sensory and your muscle memory. Mm. We're burning that awareness into your sensory memory. So it just happens. It just happens more naturally. So I'm going to be a stickler just on that word. No, that, 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 it oh. makes good sense because, yeah. you know, I've been, uh, my son's been kind of training me with some boxing stuff as we're working out and, you know, you, you throw 200 punches you know and it seems repetitive but the more that you do it the more that it becomes not something you're thinking about it's just what you do it's your body yep. reacting and not even your mind exactly exactly you just and in this case you just naturally rest in the body in your physicality more and man i tell you what women can feel that like your your woman's gonna feel you more embodied you more grounded you more in your physical she's just gonna feel it even if she doesn't know exactly what's going on and that's attractive to the feminine it's absolutely attractive to the feminine as we're talking about it and as i think about being in tense situations where i'm tempted to react i can almost as i'm envisioning it in my mind i can almost feel that weight that you talk about, it's come, it comes up to your chest or, or, or onto your shoulders, you know? And yep. so the idea of just letting it rest where it's naturally going to rest, I can picture that. I can see that. Yeah. Yep. Totally. And it's, it, it's the, I'll, I say this all the time and I'll say it here. This is the number one thing guys can do to build their masculine core. That's kind of the phrase that I use. And and, you know, guys that want to feel more in their power in their relationship, guys that want to feel more in their masculine, this daily embodiment practice is the number one path you can take to bringing you towards that because it's going to ground you at the nervous system level way more so than anything you would read that's kind of a mental consumption of new information. So when, when you call it a daily practice, do you say, do you talk about just like, you know, practicing it? like as a discipline that you do like like with meditation or or how do you yeah you sit down for 20 30 40 minutes every day and on your cushion um and you do the practices that's really what it comes down to makes a lot of sense so that's that respond versus react part of the framework what was the second part again yeah the second part is provide structure so this is the quality of a man who First and foremost, he's got clarity about what he wants, what he needs, what his boundaries are. 
And, you know, I think we sort of swung from this misogynistic world where guys were really just, it's whatever they wanted and they, and they got what they wanted. And then we, we overshot because we then started to produce a generation of nice guys who have no idea what they want. They're just trying to make everybody else happy and they're afraid to assert their needs for fear of losing, you know, love or approval or, or whatever. And, um, and so you've got a whole generation of guys who don't even know what they want, what they prefer, what they need, what, as I said, what their boundaries are. So that's first and foremost, you have to get that clarity for yourself. And then you want to bring that clarity to the world um, and bring through, through the qualities of uh, bringing structure and bringing decisiveness to the world. And so, you know, let's, let's do the easiest of examples. It's like, where do you want to go tonight to dinner, honey? You know, I mean, that thing that we all occasionally do. And and so you just even asking the question with no, there's no part of you in there. What did you want? And so even in this oversimplified example, I would coach a guy to, instead of saying, where do you want to go to dinner? Just be like, you know, I'd love to go to A, B, and C. Any of those work for you, babe? And so what you, you, what you're doing is you're bringing your clarity to the table before going to her to inquire what she needs. And then with that clarity, you're including her. So it's not like you're steamrolling her. So it's not like you're saying you got three choices, babe, and too damn bad. If you don't like them, you're saying, how about these? Here's some clarity that's narrowed the set of choices. And now you're including her. So I call it clarity plus inclusion. Um, that's, that's one of the most powerful things a guy can do. Bring his clarity and then include her. How does that work for you? How does that land for you? Um, and that is a quality that the feminine can relax around. You know, the feminine loves being structured. Not all the time. Sometimes they're going to go into their, the women are going to go into their masculine energy and they don't want your damn structure. You know, they're going to provide the structure. But when she's choosing or you're help evoking her to to relax into her feminine energy where she wants to follow your lead, this feels damn good. And it's one of the things that helps her trust you more. It's one of the things that helps her relax back into her feminine. And, you know, I, I think most guys, even if they don't have the words in their head, they, they kind of know the difference between when their woman's inner feminine and when, when her woman's inner masculine, you know, when she's all bossy and, un, and a little less pleasant that she's probably more in her masculine energy. And we can talk about why that is, but let's just take it as it is. And then when she's relaxed, when she's more adoring, um, uh, you know, her smile, her laugh, her surrender comes out a little bit more. That's when she's in her feminine and you don't wait for that to happen. You can actually evoke that in her by bringing clarity, by bringing structure, by bringing, um, uh, direction to the relationship. And two of the ways that, that I've done that is, um, to sit down and do calendaring with my woman. That's one of the things that actually settles her nervous system. I say, let's sit down on Sunday night and let's, let's sync up our calendars and make sure that we are aware of all the things that we've got. Like that's one example. One that I literally just did yesterday is, um, propose that my woman and I sit down every two weeks and kind of have a relationship discussion, you know, how things are going, things that might be withholds, um, things that aren't working, things that feel unresolved. And she loved it. You know, she's craving more of that, but I was bringing the structure 
of saying, hey, let's do this every other week and let's do it on Sunday night. Now there's a structure around it. And now it's on me to actually maintain that structure by actually scheduling around it, making sure it happens, not letting us shirk. And that's me continuing to provide the structure in an example like that. So that's two examples of of how a guy can provide structure. So I'll pause there for a second because I know I said a lot. Sure. Yeah, I I know that that is generally what I have noticed that, you know, my wife is looking for from me is that leadership, you know, Mm -hmm. and and not – you know, and it's important to know, you know, while, you know, I think people have a bad perception of what leadership is, they, they hear the word leadership and they think of lordship, right, and privilege, yeah. but leadership yep. is service and uh, structure and, and you know, influence. And I think that that shift in perspective has helped us to better relate to each other, helped us to better um you know, I'm not here to tell her what to do. I'm here to make sure that we're doing the right thing, <laughs> you know? And I think that little perspective is a big difference for both of us. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's I, one of the phrases I use in the book is like, you don't make every decision. You just make sure a decision gets made. And I think that really reflects what you just said is of making sure we do the right thing and just moving the ball forward, even if she's making the decision. Like there's going to be times when, there's going to be plenty of times when your woman is more competent at you than something. And so to tee her up a baby, Hey, I'd like you to lead us here. Cause I know you're really good at this. Even that's providing structure, even in the context of letting her take the lead in a certain way, um, because you know that she's actually pretty damn good at that thing, whatever, whatever it is. So yeah, absolutely. 100%. It's definitely yeah. the way we do things. You know, it's funny cause the world right now is, you know, all about smash the patriarchy, you know, <laughs> we yep. hear that all the time. And it's like, patriarchy is evil. And yeah. I'm like, so I don't know, maybe I'm just a contrarian, but I'm like, patriarchy's good and matriarchy's good and they can cooperate, you know, yeah. they can work together. Like we can lead together and we yeah. lead according to who we are, who we were created to be. And, you know, from that perspective of, you know, I'm going to see the world through a masculine lens. She's going to see the world through a feminine lens. And when we operate together, it works really well, you know, you know, I think that's a good thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's just, let's call a spade a spade. You know, the, the, the parts, parts of the patriarchy and individuals within the patriarchy over time have been bad apples and they caused pain. And so when, when people are saying smash the, the patriarchy, you know, they're operating out of their, of their pain, their real pain. Yeah. Now it's an overreaction because it takes bad apples and, and tries to generalize it over all, you know, either all men or, or just all masculinity. And, and I'm with you. I don't buy that. Yeah. And you we know? see that we see men doing the same thing with, with women too. Exactly. Days, you know, the incel, you know, or the, the, I hate using the word red pill because it has a thousand different connotations, but the, yeah. there is the red pill movement that's particularly about, you know, men going their own way and all of that, which, yeah, there's a, a, a woman hater. Yeah. <laughs> he made woman true. hater club out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I did an Instagram post about men going their own way. And, you know, I've got a lot of compassion for these guys. Cause it also, as you said, it also comes out of hurt and, uh, probably a phase of lack of success in relating. And to guys like that, I say, man, I feel you, brother. 
read my book, start to inhabit that and then give it a shot. You know, you can still be in your own power and relate to a woman. And, and probably the ways that you weren't in your own power are the ways that you were unsuccessful, which led you to want to pull out, but you can be different by, you can make the world around you different by you being different and you coming up with more, uh, or, or developing more skill within yourself. And one of the things I say in the book is she'll change when you change, you know, instead of blaming and kind of hoping that waiting for her to change, it's like actually you change and you can induce her into a different way of being. I've seen it happen a million times and it's absolutely valid. Yeah. I actually say this to guys a lot of times who are in that spot where the relationship is on the very edge you know, it may not make it and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. or it's not going to make it sometimes. And I'm like, you've got to focus on you and you've got to get to become a better man. Chances are good. If you do that, she may want that. She may come back. She may say, let's make this work. Yeah. But if she doesn't, you became a better man and now you can handle that. <laughs> yeah. For the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, I love that you said that because it, I saw, actually, I see a lot of posts. There's a guy, there's a guy who's, who's on Instagram. I like him, but he, 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 and a lot of other people kind of characterize women. There's like, there's the good ones. And then there's the bad ones, you know, as if there's sort of some permanency to how the feminine operates when in fact, it's just the opposite. There's no permanency. It shifts like the wind, you know, in Oklahoma. And so you can be with a raging bitch monster who could also be evoked into her little kitten energy at the same time. But if you stay in your defensiveness, if you stay in the mode of never providing direction and structure, if you stay in the mode of never providing emotional safety, you're going to be with a raging monster bitch. Cause that, that kind of behavior, that abdication of leadership is going to drive her into that. And then guess what? When you turn that around, when you start to get your own clarity uh, with inclusion, when you start to have direction and structure that you provide into the relationship, uh, when you start to create emotional safety, physical safety, financial safety, when you start actually doing those things, men, that raging bitch monster probably goes away. And it might take a while, the more chronic it was, but mm-hmm. it will, it will change in most cases, not all. I mean, sometimes she's just got daddy wounds that she's not willing to work with. But don't go there and blame it on that first. Actually work on yourself first. Bring your A game first for, a, for an extended period of time. See what happens. See what happens before blaming it on her and saying, oh, I got to punch out and leave this relationship. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think that's really the key is that, you know, she might need some therapy or some help you might need some therapy or help, or you might not even think you need the therapy or help, but you working through the process of it, whether it's going to a professional or whether it's going through something like, you know, what you're coaching and what you're offering to get started, maybe the thing that helps her. You set an example. It's leadership right there. I mean, yeah. just, you just described one, one manifestation of leadership. Yeah. And I, I always tell guys like, don't the path of least resistance to assume that this is her daddy issues or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. that's the easy way. Okay, great. You took the easy way out. Why don't you just sit back and wait for her to change? And then, you know, let's all have fun watching you grow old while you sit there and wait. Like 
step up, bring your best, bring your A game, see what happens. You know, more often than not, guys are like shocked at the difference in their lives. And, and I've worked with a lot of guys and we've helped save their relationships because they started to bring something different. And the wife was like, whoa, what's this? This, I don't know. It's kind of feels good. Yeah. This is what be different. for. Yeah. Yeah. Can be so, different. So Dave Ramsey talks about, uh, you know, obviously he's talking usually about finances, but he talks about women and he says that they have a security gland that needs to be massaged every now and then she needs to feel safe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that kind of reminded me of, of this last part of the, the threefold framework. So what does that look like? That yeah. Security? Yeah. Element three of the masculine blueprint is create safety. So this refers to physical, financial, and emotional safety. And, um, yeah, I mean, physical safety, It's it, we got it. I mean, it's not just the mugger. I think that's the one that, that everybody immediately thinks of, like, okay, I'm in the streets, I'm going to punch this dude out. <laughs> I mean, let's hope that you never have to have a situation like that. But there's lots of other ways to, to take care of her uh, physically and make her feel safe. Like, just put some damn fire extinguishers in your house. I mean, that's that's such a basic one, but it's stuff like that, you know. If you live in Florida, like, you know, you've... you've hurricane proof the house and maybe have a backup generator. So when shit goes down, you're ready. And that's the kind of physical safety that women really love. And they're not naturally tuned to thinking of themselves. Um, Financial safety. I think that's, it's pretty obvious. It's not about, you know, being rich or anything like that, but it's making sure you've got, you've got things handled and you're responsibly earning money, you're responsibly developing your ability to earn money, you're responsibly investing money and looking ahead to the future, you're maintaining a budget so, so you know, things don't go off the tracks. So that's all a physical safety, or sorry, financial safety. But most importantly, and the one I talk about most in the book is, is emotional safety. And um, I have a whole chapter, it's actually my favorite chapter in the book, chapter 14. And it's about it's about what do you do when your woman's upset? Because this is the this is the thing that all guys struggle with. You know, their woman gets all upset. She's throwing fireballs. It's like, whoa, what do I do? Deer in headlights. So I'll either get defensive or punch out and, and withdraw or just go stony, you know, in place. Uh, or I'll blame her and, and fight back. Um, none of those create emotional safety. If you know, I mean, you have to decide: Are you committed to being? right in your mind or are you committed to having connection and feeling close to your woman and that doesn't mean kowtowing to her it means doing what it takes to make sure there's still connection between the two of you so i've got a whole list of things that you can do um you know one of the biggest ones is empathy like women often just want to express their pain and and have you feel them in their pain they want to feel you feeling them which i know maybe sounds a little convoluted, but it's, it's exactly how I meant to phrase it. It, they want to feel you feeling them. There's something about that for them. And I think it's, I think men do this too, but we just don't do it as much and we're not as aware of it, but we, you know, we, when we're in pain, we want the other person to kind of get us. We want them to feel us. Um, and that is healing. So empathy is a real big one that most guys don't possess very well. Um, curiosity is another good one. Like if you actually, maybe you don't really get it and it's really hard to empathize and you shouldn't fake it if you, if it is. So you might get curious. You might really, really dig in and start to ask and try to understand her world about why she's, you know, feeling some emotion. So 
curiosity is a big one. Humor is a great one that I like because sometimes her expression is, is actually ridiculous. It's just like over the top and she doesn't even want to be acting like that. She can't help it. So you can use humor to really cut through the drama. I have a, a phrase. I always say that humor smashes drama. Um, and so using humor judiciously, uh, is a good, you like that? <laughs> no, I have made so many messes doing that. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it all depends on the situation. It all, it, well, you know, if, yeah. if you can, if you can do it in a way that is not hurtful, that is not m- making light, if you still have the empathy that's needed, you know, if, if you do it in a way that, that erases or that minimizes yeah. how she's feeling, yeah, it definitely doesn't go well. I've yeah. been there a few times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you're, I love that you said that because there is a dark side where you're using it to dismiss or deflect. Like she might actually be upset with you and something she wants to address. So if you, if you dismiss or deflect, as you said, it's going to go poorly. So yes, that's the one that's high risk, high reward. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and sarcasm in general is repressed anger that comes out. So if you're using your sarcasm, you know, that's not humor to her in that moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is like the backdrop of everything you just said is why guys need to know their emotions, because mm-hmm. If you're not in touch with your anger and it leaks out as sarcasm, that's your emotions running you. And it's fucking up your relationship, excuse my language, Um, but it's messing up your relationship and you don't even know it. So guys, this is the case too. I mean, I have a whole chapter on, on emotions in the book and I actually, I feel great about it because it really brings a masculine lens to emotions. It's not about being a flow boy and kind of barfing your emotions on everybody. It describes what I hope to be a very masculine way of owning and expressing your emotions. But if you don't, if you don't know your emotions and have ways to kind of present them, they're running you and it's messing up your life. You don't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree 100% that it's something that a lot of men haven't, I think we have this tendency to just kind of try to we think in our minds that we're functioning out of the logic of the situation but a lot of times the emotions are really determining what's happening and and honestly i know that she needs to know how you feel i i found myself telling my wife that i was really hurt by something and i didn't realize until i did it how hard it was to say that because Mm -hmm. it made me feel weak to yeah. say, I feel really hurt by this. Yeah. And, you know, I had that mindset built up that I had to be the strong one. And yeah, yeah it was difficult. Yeah. It's funny because you, you describe a dilemma for most men, because we do think expressing our emotions is weak. And then, then we do it and our women are, women love it. They think it's so strong because it's actually the strength in being able to say I'm hurt. I'm vulnerable here. I'm not like, a rock that's got it all together that actually takes way more strength than you know hiding it never does and yeah i love that you brought that up because it's it's a it's a switch that i hope most men can flip of being able to be vulnerable and and but here's the thing actually this is great because it took us into the heart of this so men as you express emotion you make it succinct and you don't phrase it in a way that there's anything that she needs to do to make you feel better. So you can say, you can be like, I am so hurt by that. And, you know, why can't you just like treat me? Why can't you just recognize how good I am? You know, like, 
why don't you do this thing so that I can feel okay about myself versus, yeah, actually, when you said that, it hurt. Man, I kind of feel that right now. Yeah. Boom. Period. That's it. You didn't, you didn't whine. You didn't blame. You didn't kind of imply that she needs to do something. You're just like, this is, this is what I feel. And then if somebody tries to, if she tries to argue with you about just be like, Hey, look, I just feel the way I feel. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times because men haven't been good at sharing what they're feeling when we do women aren't always aware how to react to it and you know like we men have just as deep emotions as they do it just usually looks like anger or whatever (laughs) and so when we let it out it can actually not provide the emotional safety they need so i i think you know in my mind as i'm hearing you talk about this framework and i'm thinking making sure that i am you know, grounded that I'm, you know, and, you know, practicing embodiment that I'm, that I'm working through that. It makes it a little easier to make sure that as my emotion comes out, it's not, you know, the big hairy monster that wants to eat her, you know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And the more you do it, the the more you'll be bleeding off that energy kind of on a more, more regular basis. And so it won't come out as the monster. Yeah. 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 Cause, because if you just let it all out, <laughs> she can't handle that. And 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 that's something that actually I believe as well too and I think a lot of men do a bad job with this. My wife cannot bear all of my emotional needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Motion detected at the front door. Sorry, that was my echo going off. <laughs> um the my wife cannot handle all my emotional needs, so I need to have other friends other men, other people in my life that I yep. can share with so that I'm not burdening her with everything. And she needs the same because the truth is I cannot meet every one of my wife's emotional needs and I've got to be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Men need other men and we don't often have that. You know, a lot of guys don't have any friends. It's really quite sad. And so men are dying for community. It's actually one of the things that I'm, I'm, a very near-term project is going to be around building a men's community um, so that guys can come guys in relationship can come together and have some, some common ground and some shared experience and really have that space to, to share with each other. Yeah. That's one of the things we've been doing here at manlyhood and uh, you know, we have our, our Facebook group, but then we also do some real life stuff too with the guys that live near me the guys that don't live near me i feel bad because they're always like i wish i had that i'm like start it i'll help you you know yeah yeah Uh, if you've ever got any questions about that let me know i'd be glad to give you some pointers or advice i've learned and experienced and starting those kind of communities so very generous um so yeah so I like to ask all of my guests a handful of questions to get to know you better. And it's been, you know, I, I don't like to script everything. I really like to be able to have the conversations, but when I ask these questions, I've got some really neat uh, feedback and response from my guests. So Mm -hmm. um, it kind of, kind of makes it, makes it interesting. So I'd like to ask them for you. And the first one is this, what does it take to be a man? Uh, Live the blueprint. (laughs) <laughs> want me to keep going? <laughs> sure. 
Yeah. And, and of course, my answer is sort of self-referencing of my own worldview. So I, I hope that's obvious. But, you know, um, a man is somebody that um, can be trusted to stay grounded in the face of the world's fury, whatever that form, whatever form it takes. There is to be a man implies there's a directionality. I think that's a very masculine quality. So whatever directionality means and a man protects those who are, who need protecting in whatever form that takes. And, you know, again, the, the, all my, my answer is totally self-referencing to the blueprint, but that's why I came up with the blueprint. It's sort of my bigger answer to your question that I just took two, three years to write. Um, that's to me, that's, that's what a man can bring uniquely to the world that he is born with the gifts to do that in most cases and needs to do that needs to give those gifts to the world uh, to fulfill his destiny is the word that comes up. That's not quite it, but you know, to fulfill his madness, you know, the, the thing that he is supposed to provide and, you know, when you start to, I know that I, when I use the word supposed to, that's probably a little too absolute because people like to jump on that. So, you know, let's, let's not talk in absolutes, but that is, I think those are the qualities of a quote unquote man that I would teach my boys. Yeah. I think that's good advice and it's a good perspective for sure. So if you were to run into the 10 year old version of yourself, Mm -hmm. He walks in the room. We can ignore the space-time continuum for this. <laughs> but he walks into the room, and you've got the opportunity to speak into his life. What are you going to tell him? Yeah, let's see. What would I tell him? Well, we all have our own childhood wounds, and mine was an abandonment one from some, from some infantile happenings. Um, I would tell my 10-year-old self, it's okay to be alone. It's okay to be not for not as a permanent state, not, but as phases of life. It's okay to be alone. It's not as scary as you you think it is because of that childhood wound that's so far down in your nervous system that you can't even see it, but it affects you. That's what I would tell myself. Hmm. Excellent advice. Yeah, that's one of those things I. See, every time I ask these questions, too, I keep thinking, boy, that's something I would tell my 10-year-old self, too. So I've got a really big, long list. <laughs> I just write a book on things I'd tell my 10-year-old son. Yeah. Based yeah. on the podcast. I, I think we're going to do that. So then uh, the last question is this, and I know it, uh, it will probably, again, reference some of the other things we've talked about, and that's okay. But what is your best advice for the men that are listening today? Yeah, my best advice is, and I'll confine it to the context of relationship because that's kind of my wheelhouse. Sure. But um, things can be different. Things can be better. They really can. And I hope primarily that's through that man growing into his full capacity by using tools like the blueprint. And there's lots of other stuff out there. But things can be different. Now, that... In 10% of the cases, that's going to be the man also recognizing that this is not working for me and I'm going to move on. But you hope they, in most cases, they stay with the one they love and they, and they make it work, particularly if there's kids involved, you know, 
I can say that the day that I had to look at my three kids and tell them that mommy and daddy weren't staying together was the worst day of my life. So I want to, I want to help men avoid that for their kids. And so I hope to help men stay together. And to do that, I want to make them believe things can be better. You have it in your power to be different and cause her to be different. That's really good advice. I really appreciate that, my friend. Okay. So if our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way for that to happen? How should they get in touch with you? Yeah. The a bunch of ways I'll list them off. So Instagram page has a lot of content. So G S Youngblood M I R masculine in relationship. And uh, I also have a Facebook page, G S Youngblood one. There's also a Facebook discussion group for guys in relationship. And just to be able to post questions of the other man of me. And uh, that's the discussion group called the masculine in relationship. And then my website is gsyoungblood.com. And then, of course, the books, you can get them on Amazon. The first is, is called The Masculine in Relationship. And the second one is called The Art of Embodiment for Men. I encourage you to pick both those up. And if, you know, guys out there, if you like them, uh, do me a solid and do an Amazon review. They really help me get the word out. Um, beyond that, you can go to my website and, and there is a, there's a companion course to the, to the embodiment book. Uh, that a lot of guys are really enjoying. And I've got some other content for sale up there. And coming a couple of things coming down the horizon, I'll give you a sneak preview. Um, Number one, there's an Audible book coming out on Amazon in July. Number two, next month, I'm going to be launching my offering for the corporate world. So all this work we do on grounding yourself and in the context of a masculine core in the corporate world, that's called executive presence, and there is no gender assigned to it. It's about having a directive energy, whether you're man or woman, it's irrelevant. And so uh, we can we can do that work under that umbrella. A lot of guys have asked for that so that they can get their work to pay for it, quite frankly. Um, so that's an offering I'll, I'll have. And the website is embodiedexecutivepresence.com. Awesome. awesome. And... Then the last thing, I know this is a long list, but the last thing I'll say is, and um, uh, I've got a workshop that I'm going to start organizing starting next month uh, around dark sexual energy. And so this is about guys bringing a little bit more leadership and quite frankly, a little bit more darkness into the bedroom because there's there's a lot of guys bringing some nice guy energy into the, into the bedroom and their women are clamoring for something deeper, something darker. Um, and so I've done a lot of training in this area, and I'm going to bring that to the men uh, via a workshop. So if anybody's interested in that, get on my mailing list on my website, and you'll get a, you'll get an announcement of, of the details. That's awesome. it. Well, and we will link to uh, your your uh, your pages and and the books and things in the show notes as well. So if anybody's, anybody's listening or watching on YouTube, just look in the show notes or descriptions, and you'll see that info there as well. So that's great. Thanks, hey. Josh. G.S. Youngblood, I appreciate you very much, and I thank you for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. G.S. Youngblood, thank you so much for sharing this information with us today. I really appreciate you. I appreciate this great conversation. Gentlemen, uh, the links 
to G.S. Youngblood's website and his books are in the show notes in the description on YouTube or at our blog at manlyhood.com. Let's make sure we click through and give this guy some love. Let's go check out what he's doing and learn more from him. Also want to let you guys know that we've got something. It's a limited run, so if we sell out, that means we're out, and it means we'll do it again. But if we don't sell out, then I'm going to keep hawking it. <laughs> but if this looks like something that you guys are interested in and that you care about, then we'll we'll reinvest and keep this going. And what it is is it's our friends at Hemp Mafia put together some CBD beard oil. It's called Manlyhood's Apothecary Dirty Beard Oil. And uh, this is good stuff. It smells great. It refreshes your beard and makes your beard strong and luxurious and healthy. Your lady is going to love it. I promise. So you want to get this, go to manlyhood.com slash store. Gentlemen, thank you again for listening today. Please share this episode with a friend. Let's get it out there. Let's help more guys to level up. Let's get the manlyhood message. This is a movement that's not just me. It's you and me together helping to restore and reclaim and make men better and healthier the way that we need to be. So that happens when you help share, when you help spread the word, when you tell Spotify and Apple and YouTube that you like this video or this podcast, it helps us to get the word out. So please help us out with that. Gentlemen, I love you. I care about you. I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. And you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast. 